Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. If I asked you to grow a following of 150,000 people on Instagram in under a year, could you do it? I'm not sure I could. So I'm very happy that Lucas O'Keefe has agreed to be part of this podcast today. He joins me today on episode 21 of Map It Marketing to talk to you about how he has grown his his Instagram following from almost zero to over 160,000 in less than a year. Lucas is a full-time teacher in his day job, but has a definitely got a, a passion for working out how to use social media platforms. Prior to this, he had a really high level of followers on TikTok, and I've noticed him started to hang on LinkedIn, so I feel like he's taking world domination one platform at a time. Lucas's information was open and honest about how he's grown his following and some of it is things that you will not be able to do in terms of the time he's put into doing it. But there are lots of tips and ideas that I have used from this session, from learning from him and things that have helped influence me in the way that I provide my content. So I know that this will also help you. Take from it a few things. One, take that the amount of time he puts into it is not often something that you can do. And then relax yourself into not expecting that growth with less time. But also learn from some of the tools and tricks and ideas that he has given us to help you grow your business. And of course, like any podcast, please come along to Map It Marketing on Facebook to ask questions or talk about it and learn more about marketing for your small business. Right, let's get into this. Let's get talking to Lucas O'Keefe. Welcome to episode 21 of the Map Marketing Podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for joining us with this. 21, we're almost halfway through a whole six months, which is amazing because I am someone who's not great at sticking to a plan and I am stuck to this. So you guys, we're committed together. Um, I would love it if you come along to our Map It Marketing group after you've listened to this podcast, because as I said in the introduction, I have got an amazing guest for you today. Lucas O'Keefe is um, a, is a, I would say a, he's becoming an Instagram influencer a little bit because he's just like so good on it. But he is actually someone who's done this before apparently on TikTok, which I'm going to ask him about. Um, And he is someone who loves teaching. So we're going to talk to him um, about how he's built up his platform and how he's grown his audience and get some tips. Um, But first of all, I thought I'd just um, allow Lucas to introduce himself in his own words, and then we'll get jumping in. So hi, Lucas. It's lovely to see you. Great. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your consistency. That is amazing. Um, I'm honored to be on here. Yeah, so I am uh, Lucas O'Keefe. Like you said, I am a teacher, content creator. I consider myself to be a hybrid of influencer and business or entrepreneur on here on social media, which I think we're finding a period of time where many people are realizing that as well, right? We are running our business. We are offering our products or services. But at the same time, because content is so important nowadays and you have to be putting out that content. We're also building up this authority or building up our personal brand and reputation. At the same time, we're kind of selling our business. 
So to answer your question at the start there, I would definitely say I'm a bit of a hybrid between the two. Um, recently hit about 160,000 followers on Instagram as my main platform. Do have experience in other platforms, like you mentioned, things like TikTok, LinkedIn, a little bit of YouTube here and there, just having fun with those. Um, but TikTok, but Instagram definitely is my main platform and what I feel to be the best all around business platform that there is today. So what I do is I share content and strategies on how people can do the same in growing their own personal brand with a community focus on that platform. Because I know that for me, um, I have a minus under my business identify marketing. And one of the things, and people know the story with me, is that our business kind of was floundering because I wanted it to be about the team and growing the team. And it only started to grow as I started to show up myself more. And I often have this kind of regret that I didn't actually do it almost underneath my name. Um, because I do think that 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 name is so important, like having a name that people can attach themselves to has become a really important thing. Do you think that that name recognition is how a lot of people are growing their businesses now on their personal name? Absolutely. Um, And for context, I started this account in March of 2020, and my username wasn't Lucas O'Keefe. It was On The Clock Media, which had a little bit of a tie to TikTok and trends. My motto was something like, you know, keeping you up to date on the latest social media trends. Um, But yeah, I was on the clock media. My profile picture was a picture of a clock, a logo I made in Canva. Um, Had had really no trace of me in the content I was sharing for a while. Um, But gradually, as I started showing up as this account and slowly putting out my my own personality, my own personal brand here and there in my content, going live, getting putting my own photos into my content, showing up on video, People started, you know, no longer addressing me as on the clock media. It was there's Lucas whose account is on the clock media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to the point where I just said, you know what? All these people are addressing me as Lucas. They know me as Lucas. It's a name. It's so much more personal than, hey, on the clock media, how's it going? So I made that big switch over, doubled down on the personal content. And it's and that's really, in my opinion, been a huge factor in scaling my growth and my community in particular. I actually really love that. It terrifies me, but I love that. Um, now, I have another question about this because when I was doing a bit of research and you gave me a link uh, to something that I could put on the show notes, which is actually great. I had a look at it and thought I might buy it for myself because I always like getting someone else's structure. So for like $30 Canadian, um, what's it like $30 Canadian? Like that's like 30 bucks US, is it as well? I think it's like 24 US or something. Yeah, our Canadian dollar is not doing so um, well right now. You get like a 25, like oh, $25 US, $30 Canadian. You get a 365-day content calendar of ideas. Um, and I know that for lots of us that are busy, that's that's a great thing to have. But that's not even on a proper website. Like you've just put that like on a thing. Like you don't have a proper website. You don't have like big branding pages. You're doing all your stuff on Instagram. Yeah, the, the, the first thing I prioritize that I still make sure I have um, beyond my Instagram is just having my own um, domain email. So my own Google suite box. So I have hello at lucasokeefe.com. Um, that's a big way for brands and you know collaborations like this for, uh, to contact me, which is huge for my business. But besides that, I am almost 100% Instagram. Um, obviously dabbling in a mailing list, that's a big priority of mine because my audience is just asking me for it. And I do have plans to uh, get pretty active on YouTube coming up in the next month or two. So there, there definitely is room to grow. But I do find it so important. You're just going to be a megastar. <laughs> Got to be everywhere. <laughs> and that's where I'm shifting to the influencer style more, right? But um, 
a big thing that that stands to my learning style, but so many people who I've worked with is you got to pick one thing, right? Like pick one thing, make that super strong, see if it works for you, then add another, then add another a series of small steps. Because I think when I started, I thought I needed like, the, I thought I needed the full website. I thought I needed like the e-commerce store. I thought I needed the mailing list, the social media on seven platforms. And I realized that was slowing me down. So my, my big takeaway has been, you know, in a world where we need consistency, we need content to just share our message and build that community. Start with start with one platform, one soapbox to stand on and make that your thing. You started on TikTok, did you? I did. So just as a teacher, um, I was playing around with like very like um, not jokey content, but just like showing riddles and explaining how like illusions work. It wasn't very much my own content, right? I was just finding stuff off like Reddit, commenting on how it works. And the students at my school loved it. I had a few videos go viral. This was this was when TikTok was still on the rise and Gary Vee was telling everybody to get on it. Um, so it was easier to go viral. I had a few videos, you know, surge to 15 million, 16 million views um, for a very small audience of mine. So I did hit about 100,000 followers on TikTok, but I deactivated the count about a year ago just because it wasn't what I felt to be a represent an extension of my brand I built here. So once I felt Instagram had that potential, um, I shut down the account. And uh, moved on to, to double down on Reels and Instagram. That's fascinating because um, Sarah, who um, was one of the people that asked some questions, I got some people in my group to ask questions. She asked, you know, you actually call, you don't often reference TikTok. You call it the other platform. So that that I do just, and this is all superstition. Nothing here is official. Um, I think things, I'm right. I, I think I'm wrong on this because there's so much just superstition with social media. It's kind of fun. Um, I just don't put TikTok in my Instagram captions because you never know. If we know that reels are limited if you put a TikTok watermark. So if I'm putting TikTok in the caption, but again, I don't want people hearing that and thinking you know, there's any truth to that. That is entire that entirely Lucas being paranoid and just oh, experimenting. I know, I know for me, if I'm writing a post on LinkedIn. If I write the post and it's got anything to do with LinkedIn in the post and I use the hashtag LinkedIn, that post nearly always goes viral. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, dude, there's, there's basis for it, right? Stuff. Why is it? But they're like, oh, look, she's talking about LinkedIn. I may as well talk about, I may, I may as well push that one out. So I think there is a truth in the platforms that they do that. Because I did think that with you is I like to use a platform to talk about another platform, but I feel like maybe I'm not doing the right thing in doing that because the platform's going, hey, don't tell the people about the other stuff. Just tell people about what we're doing. Well, like you said, um, I, I've I haven't been as active on LinkedIn lately as I want to be, but for a while I was repurposing my some of my Instagram content from Instagram to LinkedIn. Um, but what I was doing, I didn't do every post because whenever it was like a Instagram specific thing that only makes sense for Instagram, I wouldn't repost it. But certain things like you know I do a feature on some brand color palettes that could work for LinkedIn too. But what I would change is on Instagram, it's a carousel post that says five brand color palettes for your Instagram content. For LinkedIn, five brand color palettes for your LinkedIn content. And like you said, I found my stuff was doing significantly better when I made that change. Again, it could just be human nature. Someone on LinkedIn might be more drawn to LinkedIn content, right? Maybe not algorithm, but we, we love to have these superstitions and these theories. I think that's what is so exciting to me about social media and algorithms, right? Yeah, it is. Now, this is going to be um, aired a few weeks after we're doing it today. But one of the things that's recently happened this week is we lost music, um, all the music features on Reels. And it's come back for me. I don't know if it's come back for you. 
today I got it back. My story right now that I posted probably two hours ago is me with a big smile on my face and I'm putting like some actual top 40 common music and I'm saying, look, it's back. So I'm in the same boat. It's just a glitch, right? It came back. Well, I think what's happened on mine, which is different, is I now have all, I was saying this to my husband, Rod, I said, I reckon um, Instagram has 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 employed someone whose job is to just lift all the trending songs off TikTok and put them in the playlist, because all the playlist songs are now there, whereas before I used to have to scroll through the reels to find someone that had bought it in or try and bring it in myself. Um, but I was I was pretty happy to be honest um, when when I got it. Uh, but my my upset part was I had this hopeful feeling that it meant that they were going to bring the caption sticker in, and that's why the glitch was there. And so when that didn't happen, I was like, ah, I was waiting for the captions. <laughs> for me, the glitch the glitch brought me. I didn't have voiceover, and I didn't have sixty second reels. So the glitch oh. brought me those two. Um, Again, I'm in Canada, but uh, I did gain those, but then lost the music. So I was like, I don't want this trade. That's not fair. <laughs> I do have that thing around. Like, um, I just actually got a, a call from um, the LinkedIn creator group who want to work with me or talk to me about some stuff. And I only got it because I left a snarky post on something saying, are you going to do this for anyone outside of the US? And so <laughs> they messaged me and I was like, yes. It's hard sometimes when you're not in the, the cool cool country for the the." the- <laughs> Um, so, okay, so before we talk about the other stuff, I was going to ask you this. I want to ask you a really serious question about your brand because one thing that I've noticed is that you get a lot of positive comments about your ideas and your carousels, and, and we'll talk about carousels soon. Um, but one of the things I see cropping up all the time is people have a little bit of a jealousy thing around your hair. <laughs> and I think I think I've heard this enough to not blush too much when I hear this still. Um, it does happen uh, as we are on video right now. Um, but but yeah, it, it has become a factor in my personal brand, which initially I used to kind of like pass off the comments. Just like I said, I used to just laugh and then yeah. ignore it. But I, I think, and this has actually become my favorite example of the power of personal branding um, on social media, but also standing out, right? Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing now is telling people, find that one thing or those two or three things that are going to get people talking about you or remembering you, right? For some people, it is their their strength on live video and their Instagram lives. And maybe they host those like a talk show and they're amazing. For some, maybe it's their reels. For some, maybe they're not even putting their face in their content and it's all just amazing carousel designs, right? We've seen those especially. Um, it, whatever it takes, there are so many different ways to work to make it work for you, but you have to stand out. Um, so for me, I've, I've really started to kind of embrace that, like the jokes people make. And I'll start making those jokes too and bringing in my hair. Uh, I recently got a haircut the other day and it was or a few weeks ago now and it's super short. And I was like, oh no, there goes my personal brand. Um, but I, yeah, yeah. But I found that these are just like, you know, conversation points, right? Mm-hmm. What makes you top of mind? Um, and, and interesting, like I mentioned at the beginning about this kind of like influencer business hybrid is... I was recently speaking on a live or a podcast, I believe, with someone who is an influencer coach. Mm. And she mentioned that like, well, look at this kind of hybrid we have right now where you could literally, even though your your audience and your niche is like social media marketing content creation, she's like, you wouldn't be out of line to like reach out to like a hair wax company and be like, hey, like I have a pretty big um, brand on this. And I would like, I use your product. Would you like me to do a sponsored post? Which, and that really got me thinking about this kind of potential that, you know, personal brands in general have for such wide ranging crossover and niches you wouldn't think were related. 
Jenna Kutcher does that. So she will often do like a lot of stuff around, you know, Instagram and Pinterest, but then she'll go, here's all my favorite baby products. And and sometimes I feel a little bit like it's, but she does it in a way it's quite natural, you know, and you know that she's obviously getting that kind of link back. Um, I was thinking, is there the time, has the time come for a um, Lucas O'Keefe here Instagram account? But we'll leave that for another day. Um, okay. <laughs> So, so being a marketer isn't your full-time gig, is it? No, so I'm, I'm still um, a fully employed um, elementary school teacher. So I currently am going to teach, I teach middle school right now. So I'll be starting in grade eight back in September. So I'm currently on summer vacation. Oh, nice, nice. Um, what would you, like, one of the questions that someone asked me about this, and I think you've already answered it, so person in, a, in my MapIt group asked, do you only focus on, like, one thing at a time? Like, you talked about being on Instagram, on LinkedIn as well, but as part of the success in seeing that growth, because when we first talked, which was only a month or so ago, you actually only had 100,000 followers at that stage, so you've actually grown 60, over 60,000 followers since then. Is it, do you think part of it is because you are just focusing on one platform? I, I do think so. Yes. Um, I think being super well-known, um, I've learned being super well-known and getting that momentum on one platform in the end actually helps with other platforms, right? So I have a naturally just flowing audience on Twitter, even though I'm trying to force myself to be more active on there, just even post a daily or twice a day or twice a week post. Um, but people are finding me on there. People are finding me on LinkedIn. I'm excited for YouTube because I'm sure people will find me over there. Um, so I do find that while I originally thought I had to be everywhere and anywhere, very much like the Gary V rule of thinking, which I still think relates to more business and brands and things like that, right? Um, you know, e-commerce and whatnot. But for personal brands, I have found that leveraging that one platform, becoming well-known on there is a better way to spend the time and the effort that content creation definitely takes and engagement definitely takes and community building definitely takes. Because then when you really have that momentum, you can scale it and leverage it for other platforms in the end. I really love that because I think a lot of my clients in particular struggle with, you know, what do they do? And when I say, look, just focus on one, maybe two platforms, they freak out, mm -hmm. you know, well, what about if I miss my clients? But actually, and I know for me, my biggest problem is because I'm a strategist and I'm trying to teach people how to use them, I am everywhere and it limits my attention to want to go dig deep into something. And, and, and I, so I think there's a lot of value in there. Um, Sal in my group did actually ask, you know, how much time, is it taking you a day or might change now, but uh, you're on holiday, but how much time is it taking you? Yeah. So I will stress the importance of a content strategy here, right? Having your content pillars and knowing, you know, I'm going to post all my reels are casual fun that I need trending sounds for. Um, all my single posts are infographics, which I use Canva infographic templates for, or memes, which are already pre-made, right? Um, all my carousels are, uh, right now, like tools, I'll, I'll debrief on a certain tool and how it works. And then um, I, I've, re I've been starting to get personal brand photo shoots done. And those are more just personal, more caption heavy, right? So because I know, and I really stress um, with content pillars, make content pillars on the formats, like I just said, not just the topics. I used to always think of content pillars in terms of topics, my how-tos, my fun, relatable content, my lists, my infographics, right? But now I really think of them in terms of the format. And I think that's really helped me because I know, all right, I'm making a single post right now. How do I get ready for that? I'm making a reel right now, or I'm batching four reels. How do I get ready for that? So I've really refined my time now 
Um, I'm down to still about an hour daily on content creation. Um, and then an hour daily on engagement, more so, you know, continuing to build relationships within my community that I now have, trying to reply to comments, trying to reply to DMs, which I've, you know, fallen behind on a bit because it does become difficult to uh, keep up with. But when I was starting, and maybe for someone who, who would be asked in a position of asking that question, I was looking at four to five hours a day when I was first starting. This was at the first peak of COVID, March 2020, when I was teaching online and had a lot more free time. Um, so I did kind of leverage that. And I did take a leave of absence from teaching for a few months so I could go all in on this. Wow. Um, yeah, which not many people know. I haven't uh, shared that with too many people. But um, now that I have it, I think I use that time wisely. And I have that kind of machine I've built that's now rotating, rotating, rotating. And all I have to do is feed it content. <laughs> so... Because I think that's that's one of the things I find a lot of people struggle with is that length of time. And you ask someone, because you're a teacher and you're used to explaining things. Um, I was a teacher too. I was a freelance writer for like 10 years. So content, I, I'm writing a book at the moment and I was explaining, this is how I want you to write a caption and here's how I write it. And I said, I'll have a vague thing in my head and it's moving around. It's like a shape. And then I go, now's the time to write. And I don't even know what the word's going to be. And I go and I can write, I can write a chapter or a blog or a post in, in moments because it automatically comes out. But that's because we're practiced, right? So that's you yes. as an, an hour a day doing that content that would still take three or four hours for someone else perhaps to do that content. Exactly. And then that's, a, it's practice makes, I don't like practice makes perfect, right? But oh, practice yeah, makes, makes, it, makes speed, it right? Yeah. Yes. Practice makes efficiency, as it will say, right? Yeah. Um, it's just like how if someone's trying to do push-ups, right? Maybe they're going to struggle with one push-up, but if they keep trying to do it every single day, every single day, and work out other skills or other, you know, muscle groups, eventually they're going to be doing 25, 50 push-ups or running a mile, right? It's the, it's the same thing with content, right? You get faster, you learn your program you design with, you make templates, you like you said, you learn how to communicate more mm -hmm. effectively and extract ideas from your brain and your inspiration and surroundings. Um, it really does help. And, and that's, that's kind of the, my favorite part of social media is really just now that I've wired my brain to think this way in terms of um, creatively making content and sharing it. I love your pillar thing around not being around content, but being around the structure, because I think that's the winning thing for me, because I really struggle with Oh, which bit should I share on here? And I should be sharing that. So I may take that. And one of the things I want to talk about is carousel posts, because I've got a couple of other people who don't follow you who are other in social media. And they actually said to me, wow, those carousel posts you've got are doing really well. And I'm going to reformat mine because I'm not quite 100% happy, but they make such a difference to being able to create content. And I, I think carousels really started in the social media marketing um, kind of industry or niche here on, on Instagram, which... I still think we call it the carousel community. I still think it is the most supportive community and niche on Instagram, hands down. People interacting and engaging with each other. Now, obviously, people have to be realistic about that and, and think, um, especially coaches and whatnot and strategists. You got to remember what works in this community, though, you have to make sure you also can leverage it or make it happen in other communities like fitness, food, right? Um, entertainment. So that's the challenge that many people I work with have um, needed help with overall. But yeah, carousels, they do seem overused, overused in my community where everyone's doing them. But if you branch out into spaces where, where people aren't, they are still like 
not even a, they're not even in their golden age yet. Like they they will be there for sure. But it is such um it is such a high dwell time piece of content where someone is not only just like looking at your single post, maybe reading a bit of your caption, commenting, then moving on. Someone can be spending 10 times more um, time on that post because they're swiping through 10 slides right. and they're engaging, right? And they're touching the screen, they're liking, they're saving. That's why I love this content. It's the, the conversion on your call to action is, in my opinion, unrivaled by any other post. I, that's what I've found. And I, I'm thinking because a lot of my clients are in e-commerce. Um, one of the things I was immediately thinking, I've got a client, um, Millie's, they're a kitchenware store. They do a lot of recipes. She could be doing carousels with like a step-by-step process to make the best ever chutney. People would save that and have it with the recipe underneath, but for visual learners, having that there would work. If you're in fitness, it could be like, here's how you're doing crunches wrong or, you know, how you do this. If they were in um, fashion, they could be talking about, here's six ways you can wear a cardigan, save this for the next time you want to wear it. Like there's actually heaps of ways that you can use this in a really exciting, engaging way. Exactly. and and. If you can do that in your niche, which isn't so, like I said, which isn't social media marketing, you will be like a pioneer, right? Like you'll be one of the first doing it. I feel like I think I need to write this carousel of how to use carousels. <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly. And, and, and that's a big thing I've learned is, you know, creating a, a big part of my pivot. Like you said, I do change this. You notice a change in my, in the style of my content, right? Yeah, um, a big change that I made was I stopped creating content for other people doing the same thing as me. And I focused on maybe the person who's just starting, maybe the person who isn't in social media marketing, but is running a small business. That's my ideal, uh, uh, my ideal audience, to be honest. The person who's running a small business needs to do their social media themselves, needs to get out there and you know build their brand or wants to build their brand, but doesn't have the time to learn all the stuff I learned about content creation, social media marketing. What can they just do now that's going to work? give them an hour or two a day, right? And get their message out there as opposed to what I was doing before that I think a lot of people are still doing, um, which we call marketing to marketers, right? Where you're, you're creating content for your peers mm-hmm. who are great for support, great for audience and engagement. But when you need those customers or those you know clients or those people who are gonna share your tips because they had no idea that existed, that's that new audience that I, I'm really focusing on right now. I think that's very exciting. Um, now, one of the other people in the group um, asked about engagement. Um, I This is the area I'm the, the worst at, um, mainly because I am quite time poor and I always engage with people on my posts. And I'm naturally curious if someone writes something, I'll, if it's good, I'll comment on it. But how important is it to engage with other people if you've got a growing account? I'm sitting at like 1,200 followers or something like that at the moment. So I'm a really tiny following. For my size account, which is would be a lot of my clients sort of in that under 10K, how important is it to be engaging in other people's posts? So, so like I say, um, well, like you just said, which is great to highlight. Um, first of all, it is really important to prioritize the people who are already engaging. So like you said, replying to the comments you're getting, the DMs you're getting, um, that that's number one priority because if someone's already doing it, you already have them as an audience, right? Someone who's supporting you without you even asking. Um, so you want to you wanna really just reinforce that. I will go comment on those people, just kind of like a, mm. I scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of situation. Um, and when I started, I had probably a core group of 50 to 100 people, again, who at that time were my peers because I wasn't, I hadn't built up to a point yet where I was, um, I guess, like the big fish who 
gets on the suggested for you list and gets all these people who are these small business owners and want to just find one account to follow instead of 50, right? But as I was kind of growing to be that, I had 50 to 100 accounts of my peers who we would support each other, right? I was looking at their content, feeling inspired by it. They were doing the same. They were commenting on my posts. I was commenting on theirs. Very different from like engagement groups because we were all doing it of our own accord. We liked what each other was sharing, right? They liked what I was sharing. I was learning. We were collaborating. So very, very um, legitimate is what I would say. Um, So like you said, super important to, you know, strengthen the connections and foster the connections you already have and the people you already have. But then yes, it is very important, especially on Instagram with how the algorithm works now and how organic reach works now. Very important to go out and do that groundwork yourself, right? Knock on those doors and hand out those pamphlets about your business. Um, basically is how I compare commenting other people's posts. Every time you comment, you are leaving a little tiny billboard that someone might see that brings them back to your page or your content, right? And and it can feel overwhelming because like I said, tiny, tiny billboard. (laughs) So keep in mind, it's not this huge thing. It's not going to have the same conversion, but you never know. Maybe someone will pin your comment and maybe they're a big creator, right? Maybe you have post notifications on for them and you're intentionally, as soon as they post, you're leaving a thoughtful or funny or interesting um, or collaborative comments on their post. They're pinning it and all of a sudden, you're the first thing everybody's seeing. Everyone wants to engage with you. Everyone wants to like your comments and reply. That's a huge strategy right there. But yeah, it's all about just getting your name out there. So I do a mix of, or I did a mix on a, on big accounts, but then also on similar sized accounts mm. to just kind of build those relationships, realizing that not everybody is going to be, you're not going to hit it off with everybody, but don't be discouraged. Just keep trying, right? Build those relationships and give the engagement you want to receive. I really find it interesting because I use that billboard idea in LinkedIn because on LinkedIn you have a headline that follows you around with you so people can see what you do. I'd never yeah. thought about it being like that on Instagram. So that was like a, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Um, okay, so so let's just talk a little bit about a couple of things. Uh, we talked about carousels, reels. Now I struggle with reels and we've, we've actually had this conversation before because one of the things I'm loving on TikTok is actually on TikTok, my, my best TikToks are my longer TikToks. They're not, they're not always over a minute, but they are between 20, maybe 25 to 50 seconds long. They're information rich. They give me a chance to express my information, but they don't do well on Instagram, which annoys me. Yes. <laughs> and it will, of course, because you know if it's if it's doing well on TikTok, you know it's good content, right? Yeah. Um, the big thing I like to do, I like to use to answer this question is look at the life cycles. Right. So if we look at TikTok, when when TikTok just started or was fairly new, it was also just entertaining, um, largely teenager content, just short, entertaining. Some people might some people criticized it for that reason, right? I got banned from my and, kids and, because of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but it's but it's slowly <laughs> it's slowly over a few years. Um, and now we're looking like, you know, time has flown has flown by since COVID mm-hmm. without us realizing, right? There's literally been like five years, I think, for TikTok now. Um, it's been it's been around for a while, especially with Musical.ly. But TikTok has now had this, now has a huge audience of people who like everything, yeah. right? It's not just teenagers looking for just quick entertainment or anything like that. Like you said, we're on TikTok. Mm. Every niche is on TikTok. I, I like to play Dungeons and Dragons as a hobby of mine. And that has a huge community and niche on TikTok, right? Or like Pokemon. <laughs> as I said to you before, um, before we started, <laughs> 
I self-diagnosed myself with ADHD and quickly found ADHD talk, you know, like a, yeah, yeah. a weird range of stuff that, I, I mean, I know we're talking about Instagram, but the one thing that TikTok does so, so well is the algorithm is so beautifully shaped to your own best, experience. Best algorithm out of any platform. I always say this, TikTok has the best algorithm out of any platform on social media. And making almost dangerously so, as we know. We might make um, it the clip for this promo for the TikTok pla- TikTok for the, for the other platform. Sounds yeah, the other platform. That what is that other platform? Um, but but yeah, so so now that TikTok has all this content in the TikTok format, mm. it it can and it has a community for every fragment of a community possible. It it, it works with that algorithm. Um, so I know Reels is trying to get there. Um, and they will be there. They have the user base, they have the audience. What they're lacking right now is enough people watching reels because you can do a lot more on Instagram than just watch vertical videos. TikTok, you can only watch vertical videos, right? And even the DM they're lousy on TikTok. Like there's really not much to do except Mm -hmm. watch TikToks, right? And even the lives are integrated with TikTok, with the vertical now. So really, right? So on TikTok, that's all you can do. Instagram has, which is why I love the platform though, because it has like 10 other things you can do, 15 other things you can do. Um, So people aren't watching as many reels, right? And when they are right now, because there aren't enough reels to just endlessly show people about any topic, Instagram is trying to lead with usually the easiest win is entertaining, funny, short content, right? So right now they're going with what they know the majority audience is going to like. That's why even though we we will probably go on Instagram, typical explore page, which is carousels and photos, we'll see a lot of stuff for our niche, right? We go on reels and most things are just super general entertainment yeah. mixed in with a little bit of our niche, but that's because there isn't enough content like there is on TikTok, like significantly less. Okay. So I'm confident it'll get there. Instagram knows what they're doing. They want it to be like TikTok while still not sacrificing what you what was original about Instagram. I'm sure that I'm confident they can handle it. Um, but that that's why. And I'm, okay. if it does get to that point, then we'll see longer videos being completely fine. We'll see our explainer videos being shown to the people who actually want to stay engaged with it because they are out there. Um, but I'm, it just takes a bit of time. Okay, I'm going to stop throwing my temper tantrum about it and I'm going to just release myself to serve the seven-second entertainment reel. Well, and, and I'm going to challenge myself on the opposite of that to make more informative. I, like I've been telling myself, I, I do need to add that that vertical in there, right? Because um, that is a huge way to communicate. I, pref- I like voice, so I need to do that a little bit more. I think I've been taking the easy route out with my short and quick entertaining reels, but we need to do the opposite. <laughs> yeah, and also like I, I actually reused an audio from the Rachel Peterson this morning because she did one, but she'd left a gap. So I could actually use her voiceover and still do something that was meaningful, but great engagement from it. So you can do that. You can start creating your own voices, right? That's I have a few like that in my drafts right now, actually. <laughs> so you'll see them soon. Now, uh, there was something that you posted, and I wanted to ask a question about this because I am a content creator and I am feeling like um, I, I my biggest struggle is I actually have enough content going in that I could easily do a carousel a day, but then I'd also want to do an infographic. I also need to promote my business. So I've got a few of those posts like about events and I want to do my reels and I actually would be quite happy to do a reel a day. Is it okay to do lots of content or is there a point where you go, no? So I used to think um, a lot. That's what I love about social media. Things change and it's it's important for people to accept that things change, what I would say. Um, but I used to very much be in the group that said, post once every 24, maybe 48 hours, right? 
maybe only three times a week because it gives each post the maximum lifespan to be shown as opposed to a new post coming in and replacing that. I found some, I've sent some changes in the algorithm realistically and also just content creation. Maybe my content is getting better where I'm now on the opposite. Um, first of all, a huge disclaimer. I tell people, right. Post whatever you can, whatever consistency means to you, but make it consistent. Right. right? Yeah, exactly. Because we see these people here, like me say something like what I'm about to say. And they might be like, okay, I got to post three times a day for 30 days straight. And then they'll, maybe they'll do it, which is amazing. They learn so much, but at the they end of the die. day, they're just, they're burnt out and they leave the social media. by day 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're done with social media. Right. And, and that's the sad, unfortunate thing. So I always say people like, you know, as a huge priority, number one, if you can only consistently post three times a week, but that's going to keep you doing it for six months straight, do that. That is so much more beneficial to your brand and your, your growth, your growth than a 30 day sprint, a two month inactivity, right? And then getting back to it and trying to revamp your, your account. So consistency is key and it has different meanings for everybody and everybody's lifestyle. Huge, huge factor there. Um, but now I have realized that while you might see some of your posts initially perform and get fewer likes and engagement and comments when you post multiple times a day, I have found the benefits of possibly having one of my three posts hit the explore page or trend really well on hashtags, or if they're reels, just get that real virality, right? The chance that three posts have as opposed to just one post is totally worth it for me as opposed to just posting one time per day. Um, It lets me use multiple formats, like you said, which is huge. And that is what Instagram loves. The algorithm wants us using multiple formats. Instagram wants us using multiple formats. And when you're posting multiple times a day, it's easier. Um, and the other thing I will say too, is while you might find some of your initial posts have lower reach when you post multiple times a day, altogether, three posts usually have way better reach than one post. And I can vouch for that because I've been sticking to, cause I'm on summer vacation. I can do it again. My consistency means something yeah. different for these two months than it will in September. Um, but I've been posting about three times a day. And I think I got like 4.5 million accounts reached for the month of July. That's pretty, right? pretty, pretty good. That's pretty damn good. And, <laughs> and, and I think before that, even with reels going viral, like some of my best reels were back in June. So this isn't even factoring in those. Um, before that, when I would post just one time a day, um, I think I got like 1.8 million accounts oh, reached. So almost up. almost triple, right? Or two and a half times. Yeah. And I saw you do a maths equation actually on your post where you talked about someone said, oh, but if I do that, the reach drops. And you said, yeah, but if you go, you know, like it's two, if you do two and it's like 100 plus 100, I'm going to get this wrong now. Because you did you did two, it was like 75 plus 75, it's like 150. But if you have three and it's, it's, um, Oh no, that was a bad, bad idea. I mean, you know, sixty. Well, even if it's like, yeah, it was like seventy. Yeah, 60, 60, like 60, it's more, right? You know, and so yeah. that's the thing with it. I've noticed that as well. Um, that you might drop a reach of one of those things, but also one of the things that neither of us or anyone else on Instagram has control over is what Instagram is going to choose to push out. Especially so, right now, it, it's yeah. so random now. I'm finding, in a good way, I love how it's random. Um, but it is. Oh, my phone's ringing. It's okay. <laughs> It's so on brand, Lucas. Which phone is it? My house phone, which I don't even use because I'm all cell phones. I don't even know why I have it now. It's because it's tied into my internet. So they're like, if you leave us, How if you leave us, your you? internet I goes I thought I was the old person. I can't believe it. 
Um, I, I do think that um, this has been fascinating. Now, we've almost come up to all our time, and, and I honestly am like, oh, I'm just enjoying just hearing your insights on this. I want to ask you this really quickly around Instagram TV. Do you use it? So I don't use IGTV. Um, I do have my site set on it if monetization comes to Canada, I believe. I only know of the US and the UK have it right now, I think, for IGTV monetization. Uh, maybe yeah, even certain accounts there. No. Pardon? Oh, no. It no. Um, and I think even for those two countries, it's. I think you need like X amount of followers first. I'm not too sure. But I think it was a big push that Instagram had in mind. And then Reels were just something they had to mobilize so quickly. And and we saw Reels get mobilized very fast right after um, TikTok was banned in India, right? Because I think, um, I believe, so the US or India, one of the two are Instagram's number one user base, right? Population. I'm not sure which one, but I think those are one and two. Um, so I think they saw like, okay, well, TikTok, and TikTok was huge in India before it got banned. So I think they were like, well, let's let's capture that audience let's incorporate reels so they mobilize that and reels was given to india first then it slowly trickled down to other places um so i think they kind of put a bit of a stop on their igtv plans because of reels in my opinion i haven't heard much about it since uh since june of 2020 actually um but i do use it for reposting my lives um like we said use all those formats so i i, I tell people go live once a week repost it as an IGTV. But a big thing that I do with IGTV is I don't share it to my main feed. And this is a big takeaway um, for anybody who does want to use lives as IGTV. Um, when When you repost that live as an IGTV video, first of all, the live is probably like what, 30, 45 minutes, an hour. It's long, right? You get the option to put it on your main feed and your IGTV. It always goes to your IGTV, but but you get the option to put it on your main feed too. I always tell people don't put it on your main feed. So don't put it so it'll just pop up. Yeah. Put it just on your IGTV. If anybody wants to see it, they can do it. You're still checking off the algorithm box by posting an IGTV, but it will hurt your overall reach and your engagement because think about it. We're scrolling on a day-to-day yeah. basis. We're looking for short, quickly consumed content, especially with reels now. Um, if I see like, you know, if I'm just like have five minutes on my phone, I see, oh, Lucas posted a 45-minute IGTV video. <laughs> I'm not going to just stop what I'm no. doing and watch no. it, right? And then my engagement rate goes down because Instagram senses, okay, nobody was really engaging with much of this video. So that's just what I say is my tip. That's a a really good tip. Thank you. Um, Because I was going to ask about that. I also need to start doing lives with other people because I know that helps. I yeah, They're huge. Yeah, they're they're great for collaboration, multiple audiences. And like I said, it's a format that uh, Instagram wants us using. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. I actually, I was just thinking, I've just clipped into my head what I could do for that. Now, I have absolutely adored this. It's been fantastic. Um, thank you so much for your time and your generosity in sharing. And um, after this, after this, we always have like a little exit time. I do an outro and I'm going to give people some takeaways to do from here. And I'm sorry, everybody, but you're going to have a lot of takeaways. Um, I just can't. I don't know which ones I'm going to choose because they're so good. Never a bad thing. And thank you so much. I don't think I've laughed on a podcast as much as today. So I really, I really enjoyed myself as well. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much. And I am sure by the time this goes live, you'll be up to 200 plus followers. Fingers crossed. Let's hope. (laughs) And I might be up to 1300. Who knows? There we go. Growth. It's an exciting time to grow Instagram. It It is. Like with reels and everything else going on, it is an exciting time. Exactly. Thank you so much. Lucas shared so much and so generously in this podcast episode. I so enjoyed it. 
And guys, I learned a lot too. I have the privilege of recording these podcast episodes ahead of time. So I get to test and try everything that people say. And I can tell you his advice works. I am seeing a huge uptake in engagement since I took on some of the things that Lucas suggested. Now, very, very briefly, um, Lucas earlier on this week had a little bit of a blip where he lost access temporarily to his Instagram account. It's all fine now. But one of the things that both he and I just want to highlight to you is while you're building your social media, it's really, really important that you also build your email list because if something happens, on a platform that we don't own, you do have that backup. And email is one of those things that if we've got it and we're looking after it, it's something that we own as a business owner. Um, on that note, I have a webinar that I would love to invite you to. I'll put it in the show notes. It's all on how to create lead generation and how to use a checklist as a download to get people coming and joining your list and then nurture them all the way through to customer. It's something that we do with our clients, and I'm going to share with you worksheets and templates and a whole lot of stuff to help you do your own one so that you can walk away and do it. So I'll put a note of that in the show notes. Now, let's talk about a couple of things that Lucas highlighted that I want you to take away. One is definitely to focus on one or two platforms max as you're growing your business. It really is too hard to try and stretch yourself across and I'm 100% in agreement with that. The second thing is really focus on building that community. One of the things I have been doing is doing a lot more commenting on other people's posts and that is definitely making a difference to the reach on my posts and it's something I had never really done before it was a bit of a waste of time and it's really working. And the third thing I want to take from that is really making sure that the content that you have sticks to your niche and is something that people start to recognize as yours. When we stay with our niche, no matter what our business is or business type, it's really important to do that. Now, the only other thing I would say is that Lucas is coming through on this, particularly as building a personal brand. And is nailing it, guys. Nailing it. If you are a small business owner where personal brand isn't the core part of your growth strategy, you can take elements from this podcast and use those. But don't get too hung up on the whole follower numbers. It isn't a criteria of success. What we want to see is those customers coming in, that growth coming in. I'm at a namby-pamby 1,200 followers, guys, and I'm still getting leads and I'm still getting customers and I'm still getting growth. So while there's that amazing growth that Lucas has got, you can get good results with less people too. Follow his pathway, follow his tips, but don't get hooked up on the numbers because I bet you're awesome right now. Next week, we're going to talk about Q4, quarter four, how to prepare for it as an e-commerce business. And I'm really looking forward to sharing with you some of the tips and tricks that you can do to make sure that you get through that sales season, make all the money you need to make so you've got a nice little nest egg to get all the way through the following bits and pieces where it's quieter. Until then, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information.